you still need to be findable in a very Apple or Google friendly way. Well, really both so that you can come up in searches because if someone hears you on another podcast, they'll kind of search for you from what they remember. Maybe you have a link in there that'll get them to an episode. Maybe not. Most people don't go through the descriptions as it is. Those are mostly just for Google to find you with. So what we really need to recognize is how can we be found? Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Leads, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we have Joe. Joe has two very different podcasts, so I'm excited to chat with him. We talk about growth strategy. He gives some really actionable tips and tricks for getting found via SEO and how to format your show notes, as well as things that you're definitely going to want to add in there. So be sure to listen to the whole episode for his incredible knowledge on getting your podcast found and putting a mission behind the content that you're producing, because that's what he's done, and he's done it so well. All right, without further ado, join me in welcoming Joe to the show. Future Alicia here, dropping in real quick to let you know that Joe gives us some really interesting strategies around SEO, and I want to make sure that we note in this that SEO is ever-evolving and ever-changing, so it's important that you are doing the research within your industry, that you're doing that keyword research. We have episodes on search engine optimization. I also have an episode coming up within the next month or so with Aaron Olila, who talks specifically and works specifically with podcasters and optimizing their podcasts for search engines. So make sure that you are doing your research, that you're looking through these different strategies and options and finding what works best for you. Remember, podcasting, there are no rules. There are no one size fits all. It's about finding what's working for you and implementing that across the board. All right, back to the show. Hello, Joe. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited to chat with you. If you could just start by telling everyone who you are, what you do, and about your podcast. So I'm Joe Rocky. I do a lot. I'm with Elite Business Conversations. And what we do here is we do business coaching, keynote addresses, as well as personal development. And what ultimately got me here was the various 15 other businesses I built along the way to land here. And two of which of them being the podcast that we're going to be discussing here. And I really enjoyed doing the podcasting space for a lot of reasons. First is, is you get to articulate something that's meaningful to you and get it out. And there's not too many formats where you really can do that because in the majority of your audience is going to be on an individual basis. This isn't like giving a movie where you're doing it to a theater or something like that. This is normally personal. Maybe the biggest crowd will be people inside of a car listening to it. But in general, it's people in their own private, calm space. And we really can be true without these extra barriers of judgment. And I really like that about the podcasting space. And one of the reasons I definitely am glad to be on your show and be a part of it. 
Awesome. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get started on your show. So you have two different ones. Can you go ahead and tell us about the audio based podcast Father and Joe? And then we'll go into your YouTube channel style podcast, uh, Local Football Flavor. So I created the podcast Father and Joe in 2017. And that was right in the aftermath of the transition from Obama to Trump. And the way that the country's news media was presented was you had to either be a Trump person or a Hillary person, Dash Obama person, and you weren't supposed to intermingle with the other side. And the end result was this chasm. That's like, I'm not allowed to talk to these people or I shouldn't talk to these people. At the time, most people didn't care in 2017. Again, it's changed since then. But anytime you've gone down this road as any culture or civilization, it always ends in one of three ways when you follow this road to totality. Either the country goes to war with someone else, the country has a civil war within itself, or the country commits a genocide, which is just a one-sided civil war. And with none of those options being particularly appealing, what I wanted to do was create a way of service of telling people how we can fix this, essentially teaching people the individual benefits that they get out of this today, but also with the ramifications of the larger problem of us not wanting to connect with each other going away. And I paired up with a Catholic priest. That's why it's called Father and Joe. And long story short, this is not the first time a culture is not like itself or not like another part. And the majority of times in human history, people figure it out. And the prism they have figured it out through is essentially having better interconnected relationships. And that's really what Father and Joe is ultimately all about. We look at relationships from three main prisms. The first is the relationship that you have with yourself. The second is the relationship that you have with other people around your circle. And then all of that underneath the umbrella of the relationship that you have with God. And the goal being in every episode of the show by how enhancing these relationships make your life better and how actively going out and participating, having better relationships, making yourself more available, makes yourself better. And we've been doing this for every Tuesday for five years now. So there's really not too many examples we haven't covered. And we also try to bring it into big picture things too. Like whenever Russia invaded Ukraine, the thought was, this is only happening because Putin's crazy. At the end of the day, if Putin didn't exist, this wouldn't be happening. But on the other hand, it's a religion of life. Like essentially we're rooting for a guy to get assassinated here. You know, how should we deal with that? Because we know it would work. We know the war would end. It wouldn't even start it. But on the other hand, you're rooting for murder. So we deal with complex moral questions like that. Again, all of them tying with something positive we can apply to our lives here today to actually get something out of this rather than having it in the metaphysical space that sometimes those conversations end up saying. That's really fascinating. And I am 100% aligned with like the idea of creating a show where it is about your values and like bringing your values forward and connecting with other people and being able to show up that way. And I love that you have a co-host. What does that kind of dynamic look and feel like? And you've been doing it for five years now. There are people who maybe are thinking about starting one with a co-host or maybe they're struggling with their co-host. What did that relationship look like? Yeah. So, well, both of my shows were co-hosts, actually. Um, So being with the co-host space, it makes it easier and harder on the one regards. The fact that sticking with Father Joe, Father Boniface is, he's used to giving speeches. I mean, Every priest, every mass, they give a 20-minute speech. He's just used to it. So 
basically we got a format set up pretty good where I tee him up with whatever direction we were talking about for the show. And he runs with it for 15, 10 minutes or so. And then I turn it into what he just said to how to make it super actionable. And then we bring home the, the 20, 25 minute episode. So that's our format because we're, we've been working with each other for five years now and kind of playing off of his natural strengths and my ability to just ask him questions to keep things moving. And so that dynamic just kind of organically grew. Before this, we never really had a relationship. This relationship was created for this show. I called him up on a cold call. So that came as a pure working relationship that you know really has grown over the last five years. Oh, I love that. And what a great way to be brought together is via a podcast, right? That is exciting. <laughs> awesome. So let's go ahead and move over to your other one. And I think it's so cool that you have the one that is more value-based, religious-based, impact-based, whereas the other one is more what people might consider hobby, interest kind of base. So this YouTube channel called Local Football Flavor. Tell me about kind of the journey to starting that. So there's some overlap with the two in the sense that with Local Football Flavor, what the goal of it is, is twofold, really, is to have people connect to other fan bases other than their own. And the reason that's attractive is because every single person who's a fan of a team has heard a national pundit say something about their team that they know is flat out wrong. And the truth is, is that's happened to every other team in the league. So why don't we start connecting with some other fan bases and find out what's going on? And it, it makes it a much better experience whenever you know kind of what is their process, what is their thought process going through, what is ours. And it's it's a way to connect people. It's through football, but it's connecting them. And then the other thing that we do is educating people about football. You know, I have been watching film on the football level. I mean, obviously, it depends on what level I was at in my life for 20 years now. So when I watch coaches film, I know what I see. I know what, I'm, what they're trying to accomplish. I can tell the difference between this was just a bad play design and bad play calls versus an individual making a mistake on the field. And yes, I have the advantage of watching the film after the fact rather than what the broadcasters have in the moment. Maybe they get a TV break. That being said, we're trying to, to educate people, show them what happened in the game. And then just by knowing the film and the actual tape, you're able to go, when it comes around for drafting my fantasy team, this guy actually knows how to hit a hole correctly. This one's just overrating, gets more chance because he was drafted too high. Eventually, life will find a way and the better player will get the carries. And when you know that, it really helps. And like I said, that's part of what we try to articulate for people. Not to mention the fact that certain coaches will just implode because that's what they do, looking at the Jets in San Diego right now. And it makes life better whenever you're talking about bets. Who's going to just lose a game when they're up by 28 in the playoffs? Like, dude. Who does that? <laughs> I don't know enough about football, though. You know, it's on every Sunday. It's on every Monday. It's on every Thursday. So I find this really interesting. And I do like that you are able to take kind of the mission behind Father and Joe and translate that into a space where you will have a different audience. Now, I'm sure you had to grow them differently. So what did the growth of Father and Joe look like versus the local football flavor? So Father and Joe is almost exclusively word to mouth. I mean, at, at the end of the day here, it's, you know, following the Apple rules to the extent that I knew them at the time. 
which since then and now I have learned much more about how Apple actually promotes your shows or more specifically how to be found by Apple's algorithm so people can find you because unless you're paying Apple, they're actually not going to actively promote you. But with that being said, I didn't really know any of that stuff in the beginning. I had no idea. So it was just, it's asking me to write a description. I have no idea what a good description is. So I just kind of write what I think. No key. I had no idea what keyword optimization is, what search engine optimization is. In all of my businesses, I outsource that stuff. So since I was doing this essentially as an act of service, I was, I had to take it on and I didn't know what I was doing. And it, admittedly, it took a very long time for it to get rolling. But the fact that it did get up and rolling without me knowing how to do anything was just pure organic. Just people literally clicking the share button and just seeing what happens. And we're incredibly grateful for that. You know, we have, in terms of our week-to-week listenership, it's a solid rock. There's very little turndown below the number. Every podcast will have a fluctuation based upon episode, but then they will have a bedrock that their channel doesn't go below. And we're very glad that ours is being remarkably consistent and remarkably strong. Yeah, that is really good. And that's good to see too. And I think that a lot of people, especially when they're starting a podcast, either as an act of service to something that they really want to give people and like educate people on, or even for their business, I found that depending on what you're talking about, you're not going to see a lot of growth. And a lot of that growth is going to be word of mouth, organic growth. And the one way that you can grow your show is by getting in front of other audiences, redirecting them back to your own podcast, talking about your podcast with anyone and everyone who will hear you. (laughs) Like those kinds of strategies, Mm -hmm. paid ads aren't always going to work. They rarely, rarely work for people to grow their podcast. But to be able to have it grow organically, I think, also is a testament to the content, right? And so it tells you and your listeners, hey, this is quality stuff. And the fact that you guys have been doing it consistently for five years. I mean, most people don't make it past 10 episodes. So the fact that you're at that, congratulations. That is incredible. So there's a lot that goes into that with everything you said to try to kind of unpack it here. I do not recommend doing it the way we did it. We did it because I didn't know anything. Um, just as a starting point, you still need to be findable in a very Apple or Google friendly way. Well, really both so that you can come up in searches because if someone hears you on another podcast, they'll kind of search for you from what they remember. Maybe you have a link in there that'll get them to an episode. Maybe not. Most people don't go through the descriptions as it is. Those are mostly just for Google to find you with. So what we really need to recognize is how can we be found? And this is where the YouTube show really helped Father and Joe learn me how to do this. Because with YouTube, we did shorts for everything. I mean, that that was the shorts audience is way larger than the normal YouTube audience. You know, America has ADD. We can't watch for longer than a minute. Whatever. I can show some good highlights and teaching people how McCaffrey is hitting a hole correctly in 30 seconds. So it works. But at the end of the day, that's a way to w- work on YouTube. But you still had to figure out what were the search engines that got people to click on it. How do you get it to be found? And the way that you can do this for any single episode, and this is a very simple thing that you can throw in your descriptions, because it's applicable for both Apple and Google, which are the two driving forces of the podcast world, is you make your description in this following template. 
three sentences overall about what yours about and try to include as many emotional words as you can. So we're talking like frustrated or happy or joyous or whatever is applicable to your content. You need to get emotion driven into those three sentences. And it's only three sentences. And then immediately following those three sentences, you do the timeline format. And what that is, is zero, zero, colon, zero, zero, title of your episode. And it has to be the first one, has to be zero, zero, colon, zero, zero, title of your episode. That's just a rule of the game. And then every two, three minutes, whatever, put in another timestamp whenever you change the topic. So you just say, boom, new timestamp. So say it's at the minute three mark, zero, one, colon, zero, three. And then the next hundred characters, Google will treat as another title. And the title is the most important metadata you can have in terms of the searches. So now with one episode, depending on how many timelines you do, you are giving yourself each chance increase to be found. So if you do 20 timelines in an episode, that episode has 20 opportunities to be found versus one. You just made your individual episode 20 times more attractive to Google. And we can all imagine what that would be like in our personal lives. You know, if I was 20 times more attractive and I walk into a bar, what would it be like? Well, this is how you can do it in podcast world. And it's something that's simple. You already need to re-listen to your episode anyway, right? And the other joy it gives you is you can test out different search engine terms. You know, this is where you get out your thesaurus and say, this is how I think it should sound. But if I say it like three different words, maybe it's more mainstream for something I didn't even know, but that's how people type it in Nebraska. I don't know, but it might work. And it gives you opportunities to try that. And you do need consistency. Both Apple and Google require you to have consistency, which is a detriment for this introductory launch of any podcast because you only have one. There's no consistency. But once you have the timelines established, it gives you a second thing. The other thing that you'll notice after you write all those descriptions and then those extra titles in the timelines, you'll notice that there was just some key terms that this episode was about. And what you want to do is after your timelines, write those all out with commas at the end. So this one was about business ethics, comma. Then you would also include ethics, comma, and business. So you want to put the core concept and then each individual term within the concept in there. And then, especially for Google, but also for Apple as well, after you take those things with commas, they're called tags. You put them in the area that your pod host provider allows you to do. For most pod hosts, it's in the additional options section. You just copy and paste, put them in there, and you're allowed to have 500 characters worth of that. Try to use as many as you can, because again, it helps you come up in search engine results. But since we live in a world that TikTok is taking over, we need to make hashtags now as well. And these are actually really simple to do. You just copy and paste that section you just did with your tags. And then every Windows computer has the function Control-H. And what Control-H does is replace specific character. So you're going to do three commands in this Control-H. The first one being you turn every single comma into a hashtag. The second one being you take every single space and you turn it into a delete. So there will be no spaces. And then the third one is you take every hashtag and turn to space hashtag. So that's appropriately there. And you just leave those sitting in the bottom of your description. And 
whenever the search engines are looking through the hashtag format, which is the direction they're going, unfortunately, you'll be findable even after the new era hits. And that's a very condensed version of what I give in a keynote address that will be on Podmatch here in the spring. But just to let people know, I'm not making this up. It works and we're letting people know about it. Yeah, so we'll definitely make sure that we link to the Podmatch event. I will also definitely be there. I went to the last quarter one, is, and I missed this one, but I do have the recordings of it, and I plan on going back and rewatching. But what have you seen by way of growth in using that rather than what you were doing before? Just kind of hoping this was right. For Father and Joe, after a month of doing just four episodes that way, the channel itself is now having the greatest month it's ever had. And on average, each episode is 4X. Wow. That so, is incredible. Those it, it are some works. great results. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Would you recommend, and you could, maybe you know, maybe you don't, if people go back and maybe they hire a virtual assistant to go back and redo their past show notes, or do you think just starting from today works? It absolutely will work because each search that someone does doesn't care about when the, what it was originally. They care what it is now. So we'll go back and work on the VA front. I just want to caution this. There are cultural divides between America and where your VA is at. Unless your VA is somewhere in the States, which most of them are not, there's going to be cultural divides. So whenever you're writing your specifically your adjectives about emotion, it can a lot can get lost in translation which mm. can actually be kind of counterproductive. So I just want to caution that about outsourcing your description. You know, especially if you're already editing your episodes anyway, and you're rewatching them. It's not really that difficult. Just ballpark when the timestamp, and no one's going to be upset if you're off by 30 seconds. It just tells you where we're at that we're talking about this. And the other important thing is, say you do a longer episode, 45 minutes, two hours, whatever. It's hard to convey exactly when did you talk about this if the audience wants to hear one specific thing. So if you're like a chemistry podcast and you're breaking down all kinds of this great element of copper, but during one portion of it, you talk about what happens when copper gets lit on fire. Well, that might be the only part that your audience wants to see. But if they see that that happens at 33 minutes and 12 seconds, they'll be able to go right to it. But if that was the only part they wanted to see, the likelihood of them waiting 30 minutes for your episode to get there is very unlikely. They're probably out 38 seconds into it when it hasn't come up yet. But if you can say this is exactly where it is, we'll find it. And this is also how those chapters work in the bottom of your YouTube videos. Of This is the spot where I want to see and go right there. It's incredibly beneficial and it really helps give you data about what people are looking for and how to find you. Yeah. Uh, as you were talking through the using those long tail keywords, search, you're talking search engine optimization. There's a resource that I want to make sure that we know. We'll make sure we have it linked in the show notes. Maybe you know about it. Maybe you don't. If you go to isitwp.com slash headliner dash analyzer, you can find the SEO score for a headline. So if you, and we use this for our clients to ensure that the headlines and titles for their podcast episodes are good for search engines, that it's not like that time I went hiking in the mountains, like nobody cares. <laughs> what did you learn? Like, what is something that someone is going to search for that is actually going to get you a result? And a lot of that is, like you said, those emotional words, using words like how to, 
five ways to those are going to get you better results with Google specifically on that. And then the other one I was thinking of was we use otter.ai to transcribe our podcast. Now, Otter recently came out with if you upload your audio to there, they will give you timestamps and what was talked at those timestamps. Boom, done. You don't even have to think about it. So if people are like, look, what is the down and dirty easiest way? There are two resources right there. Do you have any that you have used or that you recommend people use to if there's someone who's like, listen, I am strapped on time. Maybe I just upload my podcast without a lot of editing. I don't go back and re-listen. I just go based off my memory or based off the transcript. Do you have any additional thoughts on that? So what I use for my YouTube show is a company called Tubix, and they are either in Germany or Sweden. I forget which one. The bottom line is they do essentially a scorecard for every single episode I put out, including my shorts. So it's letting me know, based upon the current trends, what am I doing that's captivating and what isn't. So in my particular field of trying to do the entire NFL rather than a specific team, it gets a little challenging because if I would just stick on one team, it'd be a lot easier to focus it in. But that's the nature of the challenge I took on. So I'd recommend them for any single one of your YouTube ones because they will back go through and say, based on what you were trying to do, this is what you actually should have done. And they also will give you ideas about how to create new episodes for your niche based upon your previous content so far and the way you've written it out. So it's certainly something that I recommend. They're roughly a hundred bucks a month when it's all said and done. And I understand about the guys who are, are, are time strapped. This is something that's incredibly common, but there is something you definitely get. And I, I don't want to diminish, especially the beginning time podcasters, people who are experienced certainly use those tools to save time. But in the beginning, you need to hear yourself because there are so many issues that we have in regular speech that we don't pick up about ourselves unless we listen to ourselves for a considerable amount of time, actually. So it's something that I incredibly recommend. Don't outsourcing if you've never edited yourself or watched yourself before. You need to get, and the number probably is 10,000 hours, of listening to yourself to know what the answer is. You know, what are the quirks in the way I communicate? What am I doing wrong? Am I talking too fast? Am I talking too low? What do I want to know? You get anxious? That's common for a lot of people. People who drop ah uh, or and and like like 20 million times. You got to be able to figure out that stuff. Because the other element of this is it doesn't matter how awesome you are to finding you. You know, you can have every single blinking light say click here, click here, click here. If you're not audibly palatable and audibly desirable, it doesn't matter. You have the greatest content in the world and you can have the greatest way of being found. It doesn't matter. So I recommend do listen to yourself and be honest with your critiques. I'm not saying you need to lose your accent from where you're from or anything like that, but you do need to make yourself coherent and understandable to as broad of an audience as possible. And you do that by recognizing the things you don't like hearing in other people hearing it in yourself. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's coming from your coaching on keynotes, because I know that's part of one of your businesses, right? Is that you help people with their keynotes and their speaking and that kind of stuff. So I can definitely see how that skill is transferable to podcasting and speaking on podcasts as well. Yes. And also not being robotic. So even if you give the same message over and over, like we did here earlier in the day when we had the technical difficulties and I gave how we created Father and Joe, I think three or four times and each of them was different, but the content of it was still the same. 
that's what you ultimately end up getting a comfort level with is I don't need to have something memorized. I just need to know the essence and figure out a way to get it out. And that's really the, that's the byproduct of editing yourself and listening yourself and really putting in the time for self-improvement. Yes. Uh, this has been so good, Joe. Thank you so much for being on the show. If you could tell everyone where they can find you, hang out with you, listen to either of your shows. Yeah. So you can find me at EliteBusinessConversations.com. That's the easiest way to find me for any personal training development in that we're trying to accomplish on a professional level. In terms of trying to find Father and Joe, the easiest way is through Apple, as that is an audio-only podcast. If the words are Father and Joe. It's very easy to spell father and joe and that's on apple and then local football flavor is on youtube it is based for youtube that is a visual medium show so i invite you to to find it there and then that's local football flavor awesome thank you so much well thank you for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode of listeners to leads If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.lottie. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.